Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Marcel Swally. He's Emmanuel Acho. We are excited for our show today. We got today. some smoke. Yes, we do. So let's get it started with some football. And Nick Saban has riled up the college football world. He claimed Jackson State and head coach Deion Sanders, primetime, paid Division I talent Travis Hunter $1 million to play for them. Saban also accused Texas A&M of manipulating name, images, and likeness rules to pay players and land the nation's number one recruiting class. Head coach Jimbo Fisher has some strong words about Saban and his accusations. Listen to this. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. What a show. What a show. reaction. What's going on in college football with Saban, Dion, and Jimbo? College football is back, America. <laughs> Welcome to the seats. Oh, man, <laughs> my God. reaction. Thank God. Nick Saban ain't wrong. He's just talking too much. Mm. That is my reaction. Mm. Nick Saban just mm. said that Texas A&M is buying players. I would not have used that verbiage, but I understand what he's trying to get at. He ain't wrong. He is just talking too much. Let me break it down in a way that y'all will not see the rest of this day. <laughs> Texas A&M went 8-4 and four last year. Right. But have the number one recruiting class. The math ain't mathing. That ain't math. Why do I say that? Look at the previous five years of the teams that have the number one recruiting class. Look at their records. Ooh. Alabama, 13-0. UC Georgia, 12-2. UC Bama, 14-1. UC Georgia, 13-2. What is the outlier? A&M, 8-4. What changed, y'all? Tell me. College athletes did not all of a sudden decide they want to go to mediocre programs or programs on the rise. No, 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 no. <laughs> the only thing that changed was NIL. High school recruits did not all of a sudden say, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to an 8-in-4 program with a coach who's going on his fifth year. No, what changed? Mm. NIL. It's not that Jimbo Fisher changed what he was selling. As Nick Saban said, Jimbo Fisher just started buying. Ooh. So Saban wasn't wrong. <laughs> Saban just talking too much. Uh. So the majority of AM's top flight or several of their top five top flight recruits are defensive players. But AM's defensive coordinator, who had been with Jimbo Fisher all four years at AM, left to become the head coach at Duke. But the recruits ain't leave. <laughs> Where they do that at? <laughs> you sell in, and I've been to College Station. I've been to College Station maybe 10 or more times. That is where AM is. Uh. You are selling these 17, 16, 18-year-olds on going to College Station? <laughs> I got questions. Okay. I got questions. I'm listening. Um, because as I look at it, if you are a top-level recruit, and a top-level recruit is going to a the, the, the top level of programs, and y'all see, number one recruiting classes are programs that are 13 and 1, 14 and 1, 15 and 0, 13 and 2, Biff. not 8 the and beast. 4. Mind you, 8 and 4 in Texas AM was 4 and 4 in the SEC. Not 8 and 4. The math for Nick Saban is not mathing. I feel what Nick Saban is trying to say. He just shouldn't have said it. Ooh. Here's my grandiose reaction, Sel. Up here. Every top flight head coach in college football is sitting on a figurative nuclear weapon. 
something that could end college football as we know it. Mm. Every top flight head coach in college football is sitting on a figurative nuclear weapon, something that could end college football, something as simple as saying, hey, I know who is paying players and how much they're paying players illegally. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about, and I'm talking about illegally. Every top flight head coach knows that, but they sitting on these nukes. Don't you dare ever threaten to use a nuke. Because if you threaten to use that nuke, Mm. you better use it. Mm. Mm. And what we see now Mm. is Jimbo threatening to use his nuke. I know where the bodies are buried. I'm listening. This man that y'all think is God, uh, the way he did things isn't necessarily the way things should be done. If you look hard enough, you'll find it. Jimbo threatening to use a nuke. You can't threaten to use a nuke unless you're going to use a nuke because all college football coaches have them. Saban has them. Mm. Jimbo has them. Mm. Uh, Sark has them. Kiffin has them. All of them have them. Coach O still got them, and he ain't coaching no more. They got them, no, but you cannot use them or you can and will destroy college football. I got so much more. I know. I can see it. Were you keeping it real or were you keeping it rivalry when you were talking about A&M like that, Mr. University of Texas? Where are you going tomorrow? Oh, I'm going back to Austin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm (laughs) just saying, it it was funny to hear you bring the real, but that's your rival, too. So you brought a little extra hot sauce with that one right there. A little something. Yeah, man. My reaction to this is classic Nick Saban. Uh My reaction to this is this is what Nick Saban does. He complains to game. Now, y'all got to understand who Nick Saban is. So calculated. Oh, y'all think this is just a calamity of errors. Nah, B. This is calculated. This is Nick Saban who we're talking about. Nick Saban, once again, is complaining to game. Let's talk about his last complaint. Y'all remember back in um, 2013? Nick Saban complained about college football and the tempo and the offenses. And like, what the hell is going on now? All these points scored. What is happening to college football? And everybody was like, yeah, Nick, yeah. And you know what he did? Why everybody was still screaming, yeah, Nick? When Hire Lane Kiffin said, we're going to do that better than they do that. You know what he's doing right now? He complaining to everybody paying their players. You know why? Because he's going to do that better than they doing that. You wait for Nick Saban to go in and kick into overdrive. But first, he needs this reaction. And everybody's giving it to him. And Jimbo, oh, your general accusation with a specific name? You think you Ice Cube, no Vaseline, huh? You think you Tupac, hit him up. Nah, B, you stop right short of going there because you know why? Because we all a part of this Mm -hmm. college football. So now let's talk about what's really happening here. Because there's some levels to this. Let's just start off with the condescending level of the NIL right now. They are telling these kids in name, image, and likeness, go get what you can go get, right? With respect to the rules. These kids are doing exactly that. But all of a sudden, now they want to look at the kids like, oh, wait a minute. We need federal regulation. You guys are doing too much. You guys are using this to manipulate the system. No, 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 no. You guys are abusing the system you put in place, and we're benefiting from it finally, and now y'all mad at us from benefiting it. To the point, they got kids out there swinging in the air at enemies that don't even exist. We accuse a player of getting a million dollars to go to Jackson State. And instead of that player either being quiet or instead of that player just sitting there like, yeah, I should have got a million dollars. The player's like, I didn't get a million dollars. Wait a minute, dog. You should have got a million dollars. You should get more than a million dollars if that's what your name, image and likeness earns you. Do you see what's happening right now? 
This is like the beginning steps of affluence. This is you coming home, Acho, with two degrees. Just not your exact example, but coming home with two degrees and going home to tell your pops who had a GED and worked three jobs. And you're trying to explain to him the new world, the real world, mm -hmm. how this looks. Mm -hmm. And everyone is looking at you with archaic mindsets. But you know who's going to win this? Nick Saban. Because this is what Nick Saban does. He makes everyone else start to fight. And then he just sneaks around the back and comes out on top. Be careful of Nick Saban, y'all, because Nick Saban's in this to win. He is, of course. But here's my other issue, Sal. What's your issue? You got two guys in glass ha houses trying to throw stones. Who's the two? Give it to me. Nick Saban, mm. Jimbo Fisher. Okay. They sitting there in their houses, their glass houses, trying to throw stones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because Jimbo, if you know where the bodies are buried, keep in mind, you help bury the bodies. Mm. So when we pull up Prince, keep in I mind whose Prince we gonna find on the shovel too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Jimbo, mm. along with Nick Saban. So if you are going to try to accuse Nick Saban of something, just remember, you benefited from the something you accused him of you won a national championship at LSU with Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher. Yes, you did. You got the receipts. So if you going to try to snitch on Saban, oh, just remember, you guilty mm. of the same thing. But let's talk about Nick Saban. Let's go. Let's talk go. about Nick Saban. Let's go. Um, I love that dude. Nick Saban is just mad mm. that the times are changing. And he don't want to change with the time. Oh, well, that's talk. all it really is, Sal. Okay. Rather than Nick Saban changing with the times, he just going to complain about the fact that the times are changing. changing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Saban, keep up, big dog. You always have. When we went into the high-paced offense, you said, you know what? I'm done with the Greg McElroys of the world. Let me go get a Tua Tunga Vialoa. Yeah. When we decided to change <laughs> offensively, you decided to change with it. Mm. Now that we are changing from a compensation standpoint, I need you to change with it, Nick Saban. Don't complain about the times changing. Just change with the times, big dog. Mm. So I had a conversation with the billionaire one time, Gary Keller. What do you do? Gary Keller, you get CEO that money? of Keller Williams Realty. Oh, yes. Keller Williams Realty, one of the largest realty companies in the world. Mm. Last I checked, over 135,000 employees, at least at the time in which we had this conversation. Did he sell you that compound you just got? No. Oh, God. You, you would have been um, in closer with him, too. <laughs> and talking to Gary Keller, he said this. Biggest realty company he founded. He said this, Sal. He said, Love it. Zillow, Trulia, Redfin made real estate companies extinct. Because the moment Marcellus Wiley no longer had to contact a realtor and could just get online, mm. Zillow.com, and find mm. a house himself, mm. realty companies became extinct until they changed with the times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you change with the times, now all of a sudden, you are no longer extinct. You just double-dutching with everybody else. Yes. Going and you just hopped into your game of double-dutch. Mm. Nick Saban has to figure out how to change with the times. He always has. But rather than complaining about the times changing, just change with them. I'm not going to say Saban is overreacting because I think Saban understands the tide and it's not crimson. What do I mean? Saban, <laughs> rock with me, Saban. In bag. What's in that bag, boy? Rock with me. I'm with you. Saban understands he just lost the national championship. To us, not a big deal. You were in the national championship. Yeah, yeah, Calm Saban. down, Saban. Mm. But Saban knows national championships are won based upon recruiting classes from years before. Let's go. Can we pull up that recruiting class full screen one more time, please? Full Can screen, man. So, who won a national championship this year, big dog? Last year, uh, Georgia. Georgia Dogs. Who <laughs> had the number one recruiting class four years ago, so? Four years ago. Bottom of that list. 
see Georgia. I see the dogs. It's double the dogs. Saban understands that if you want to win a championship, it's dependent upon your recruiting class. So what Saban is saying mm. is, wait a second. Mm. If A&M has a number one recruiting class, all of a sudden they might end up winning a national championship or competing for one, and they not on our level. Get on my level. level. What? Anyway, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> Let me get you. Woo! Everything you said was true, but you said it to the wrong person. Nick Saban knows that's true. That's why Nick Saban said it in the first place. You saying he's saying it because he's behind. He's saying it because he's like, nah, these cats trying to catch up and I'm going to stay ahead. Big difference. Let's talk about where Nick Saban said this and why Nick Saban said this. He said this in Birmingham at the World Games event to potential boosters. Let's just say Birmingham potential boosters out there. And you know what he said? Let me give you the quote first before I go into it. Quote, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M brought, they bought every player on their team. He's speaking to potential boosters. Watch this dude, Nick Saban, different. Made a deal for name, image, and likeness. We didn't buy one player. I don't know if we're, here we go. I don't know if we're able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. That's where he said it in Birmingham. Let me just give you guys a little information on how this world works. A lot of people are not walking around talking about things that's happening in Birmingham, Alabama or Tuscaloosa, right? But they are when it comes to college football. And Nick Saban knows that. He's like, look, we're the toast of this town. We're the toast of college football because we support each other. Look at our program. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm trying to tell you guys right now in so many words, I'm not going to tell you what you got to do, but I'm telling you what you need to do. It's a big difference. Nick Saban is sitting there saying there are collectives out there that are giving these players the money they need to go to these institutions. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you need to do it, but you got to do it if you want to stay here at the top and wear this crown. So Nick Saban is now recruiting boosters to form collectives to keep up with everyone else so he can stay ahead. Nick Saban is devious with this calculation, and I love it because you know they've won three of the last six national championships and been fighting for the other ones. Nick Saban knows that this is a situation. Now, what we're getting distracted by is two things. We're going to get to the Dion level, but let's get to Jimbo first. Jimbo is a distraction, but a necessary distraction. He needs him to be the guy who's sitting there setting this up, trying to set this off. Let me tell you why. Jimbo sound like he says something. He ain't say nothing. If I walk up to somebody and say, man, Acho ain't who you think he is, most people going to think negative. But if they sit down, if they got the right mind, I didn't say anything bad about Acho. He's just not who you think he is. I don't know what you think he is. And it could be positive what I think and you don't think. Second thing he said was, he's not God. If I walk up to somebody and say, Acho's not God, they shouldn't think bad because he's not God. <laughs> Nobody's God. Boy, I'm telling you, y'all better watch out for Nick Saban. He might run off the next 10 national championships because those boosters heard him loud and clear. They did. Before we get to Dion, and boy, we got to get to Dion. Don't yep. let Dion fool y'all either. Mm. Um, mm. Jimbo guilty. Of? Of? I don't know yet. But he guilty. <laughs> How you going to bring him to court? He can't even get arrested. What you mean? Give me calls. Let's go here, y'all. Let's, Let's go. go here. Of what? You have walked into your house, apartment, condo, college as an adult with children. At some point in life, you've walked into your house and you notice the inhabitants of that house are acting a little too 
different. Mm. They own one? They own one. Okay. And based upon the reaction of the inhabitants of that house, you know they're guilty. Mm. You don't know what they're guilty of just yet, Uh, but you know they're guilty. Think about this. Smell it. If Saban accuses you of something that you are by no means at all dirty Uh, with, you wouldn't have such a volatile, visceral reaction. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would laugh it off. If you if you weren't at all guilt, you would laugh at all. Style of security bust into the studio right now. Mm. Emmanuel Lacho, uh, we we were accu- you've been accused of murder. That I'd be like, what, what y'all talking? About? Yeah, not me. But if I was out last night and I seen a body, 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 <laughs> I was out last night. Emmanuel Lacho accusing you of murder. How you gonna accuse me of murder? Who I kill? I ain't kill nobody. I ain't kill nobody. There. I'm the son of a pastor. You gonna accuse me of murder? Me? Sal, you start to be like, wait a second. <laughs> maybe Yacho did something. I don't know what he yes, did. Yes, yes. But maybe he did mm. something. The fact that Jimbo buttoned up Jimbo, making good money, mm. Jimbo, mm. went this hard. Mm. And he went this hard mm. as a person who he has been on record of saying mentored him. Yeah. He went this hard as a person he has an affinity for. He went this hard as a person he won chi- a chip with. I don't know what Jimbo is guilty of, but he guilty of something. There you go. You nailed it. You nailed that. He's guilty of something. Come on. We know what it is, but we can't say it because then we're wrong, right? So allegedly, he seems guilty of something. That's mm-hmm. what they do on YouTube now, I see. Um no, sir, not me. Oh, God, this dude did exactly what they tell you not to do. And this has happened to me three different times. If the police ever bring you in for questioning, what is your advice? Everyone tells you the same thing. Get a lawyer. Get a lawyer and don't say anything, yes, sir, because everything you say will be used against you in a court of law. Talk about it. Everything, especially if you try to deflect especially if you try to distract and go somewhere else, especially if you try to indict somebody else when you're the one sitting in front of them. That's what he did. He basically, being accused, didn't sit there and lawyer up. He didn't do what you're supposed to do. You know why? Because that, 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 that guilt in him was like, I got something to say. And who has not done something wrong and been itching to say Ooh, something we to try wrong. to throw you off because they know you want them? I'm done. All right. You're not done. Oh, okay. You I'm can't not done. Be. That's why you can't be done. Well, I'm too guilty of something. Because <laughs> when you're guilty of something, what do you do? You don't just talk about your innocence. You talk about somebody else's guilt. Mm-hmm. You got to bring them with you. So what? think about what Jimbo really did. Mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily talk about him that much. He did a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what he truly said was, but Nick Saban. Uh-huh. But this man y'all call God, mm-hmm. the czar of the football. Czar. Y'all don't know what he done. We not even talk about Nick. What are you talking about? Nick talking about you. <laughs> We're not talking about Nick. And go ahead, so now, now I'm done. Now we good? Okay, now. I'm going to tee you up first because I know you want to go here. And I, wherever you go, I'm there. <laughs> uh, there was another layer to yes, this. Sir, and one. it was the response from Deion Sanders, who was accused of paying a million dollars to his star athlete recruit. And as it reads right there, you best believe I will address that lie Coach Saban told tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The last line, we as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people, uh, was an interesting line in there. But, Acho, what's your reaction to Coach Prime defending himself? I hate the last line. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. Mm. Now, we Mm. all know Deion Sanders coaches at an HBCU, historically black college and university. 
heat. Mm. So if Deion Sanders is saying we as a people, black people, don't have to pay black people to play with black people, I have a problem with that. Mm. Why? Because Deion, if other people are paying black people, why would you not want to pay <laughs> black people? Mm. Pay them what they worth. Mm. Like, it is not a accomplishment. It's not something to brag about that we ain't got to pay our people to play with our people. It's not something to brag about that you ain't got to play, uh, play, pay black people to play with black people. To me, that's a disgrace. I'm listening. There's truly nothing more indicting on a friendship than when your friend has an occupation and you want them to serve you for free. Mm-hmm. No, mm. as a friend, mm. if your friend owns a business and you are going to hire them in that business, pay them what they're worth Safe. and maybe pay them more as a friend. Yep. Don't be asking for these friendship discounts. Mm. So what I hate about this is Dion saying we as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people because no. Pay black athletes as a historically black college and university. Don't brag about the fact that you ain't got to pay them because other people paying them. We ain't got no hometown discounts, big dog. Everybody got to eat. Yeah. my, you, We went to the same place and we took maybe a little different route. That was my second reaction. I'm going to get to that later. My first reaction was, why did he insert that into an accusation about a player getting paid? Now, if we have a money talk, we have a money talk. Now, if we have a complexion talk, we have a color talk, we have ethnicity talk, we have a race talk, we have a race talk. But when we conflate those, that's when we have problems. I noticed too many times in this country when people talk about poverty, people talk about underprivileged, people talk about underserved, people talk about inner city. They make that synonymous with my people. And I look at my people when they accept that being a synonym saying, nah, nah, nah. You almost sound like you ain't never been to those places when you make that assumption. Because if you've really been within the borders of all those things I just listed, you'll notice, oh, it don't look the same. I grew up in Compton. I swear I didn't see a white person to high school, like in my neighborhood. I swear. You go back now, you might not see a black person in my neighborhood. It's all Latino. Here's the point. Dion is more savvy, more educated, more understanding of that than even I. And I just thought that that was a huge distraction in a moment where you could address this fully for what it was. Nick Saban shot at you, shoot back at Nick Saban. He talking money, talk about players. You should talk money, talk about players. We shouldn't take it to somewhere else. The CDC, the complexion discount coupon that we use a lot of times. That's what I call it. Because it's crazy. The second layer is we expect that discount. You never serve yourself well if you can't ask for full price for who you are. That's why I said this is condescending to the players. If my name is up there, I should get paid that no matter who I play for, no matter where I play. I shouldn't have to go to HBCU, take a little less because that's my people. Mm -hmm. But then I go to the traditional college and I get full price. One, that if the marketplace dictates terms, you're going to lose out HBCU over time because y'all giving out discounts. Cats want their money, mm -hmm. no matter who it is. But let me give it to you in story form, because I love our show the most when we're in story form. I have two friends. One of my, my big brother, I don't have any brothers. My big brother in life is Curtis Conway. Curtis Conway is married to Layla Ali. Layla Ali is my homegirl. Layla Ali started a spice company where she sells seasonings and everything. Layla Ali at her house one time with Curtis, and we trying out some food. I'm like, damn. This is hitting. Now, one, I know she could cook, but I was like, this is hitting, hitting. And she's like, oh, I just started my new spice company. Next thing I did, go to the website, order. 
Didn't tell her anything. I went to the website, ordered. I get a text from her. Marcella, she should have hit me up if you wanted some spices. I said, no, 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 no. I said, that company ain't going to make it as far as it can make it if you took care of everybody you knew, everybody like you. Mm-mm. To this day, buy it, buy it, buy it. I know I could get the hookup. Why? That's what I didn't like about what Dion was saying. The hookup that was implied by, oh, oh, well, my guy, I would never give him that money. The hookup that's implied that that player shouldn't add full price for that situation. The whole distraction of we not even talking about that. Why did you insert the race into this conversation? I got one little thing that you said we not even talking about. It's mm. something else that we not even talking about. And I don't know how everybody has missed this. Oh, let me ask you this question, Sal. So depersonalize it because I don't want you to get emotional. MJ? <laughs> okay, good. You walk in. And you see your significant other cheating on you. Ah! Coming up. <laughs> you walk in and you see your significant other cheating on you. Who should you be arguing with? Oh, your significant right other or the person she cheating with? I know that answer. Uh, dude, I assume. <laughs> so you walk in uh, and you see your significant other cheating on you. You really have the issue with your significant other. Because mm-hmm. that's the one that got the relationship with you. Mm-hmm. You really shouldn't be beefing with the one they were cheating with. You should be beefing with your significant other. I know Y'all I should, got the issue. But I'm not. Keep in mind, Dion stole a recruit, Travis Hunter, from Florida State. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher left Florida State. Mm. Jimbo Fisher now at Texas A&M. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Why is Jimbo... Almost in a conversation, and Dion also in a conversation, and Saban also in a conversation. When I feel like the real people that got beef aren't beefing with who they got beef with. Jimbo and Dion. Dion, Jimbo, or Florida State head coach now and Dion, but Nick Saban and Dion, and Dion and Jimbo, everybody beefing with the wrong cat. Mm, the relationship. Emotions now just up in the air. Mm. That's what nobody really talking about. Mm. Everybody beefing with the wrong cat. Mm. Oh, we supposed to keep talking? Because you got me in that room or wherever you got, you ever do that. We don't need examples that real. <laughs> Where am Maria anyway? Coming up, we have all the sights and sounds from a great week five in the USFL. She's talking about she going to a brunch again. And we're also <laughs> picking our players to watch for week six. Uh, you a fool. But first, Luca came down to earth last night. Oh, did he? Crashing down in the game one loss to the Warriors. Tell you if we're worried about him in this series. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Yeah, yeah, Jimbo. Yeah, they went. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Warriors dominated the Mavs in game one last night. He took a 1-0 series lead in the Western Conference Finals after being red hot for most of the postseason. Now, Golden State was able to cool Luka Doncic down, forcing seven turnovers and holding him 20 points, including just two points in the second half. Luka was also seen grabbing the back of his shoulder and apparent pain throughout the game. So, Sel, mm. are you worried about Luka Doncic? Absolutely not worried about Luka Doncic. Okay. Now, let me not talk in absolutes. I'm a little worried that he's a little fatigued because that may have been his worst 
playoff game in his career last night when you look at Luka in terms of shooting, efficiency, etc. However, why I'm not worried about Luka is because this is what the Mavs and Luka do. Do you know that the Mavs have lost every single game one of a series this postseason? 0-3. Mm. But do you know they also respond in the series as the games go on? Let's go back. Game one. All the series, they average 98 points a game. All the rest of the games, 107 points a game. They show up. Rebounds go up. Field goal percentage goes up. Three-point percentage goes up. Free throw, free throw percentage goes up. Everything gets better after game one. For some reason, they're that fighter in that championship bout. And you watch round one. How many times have you ordered, spent $99.99 or $159.99, whatever it is right now? Sorry, I don't even look at the number no more. I got to watch Floyd fight. And then round one happens, and you're like, man, look. Because all they're doing is filling each other out, touching each other out, measuring distance, as they say, right? I feel like maybe Luca's so calculated, he's out there actually measuring distance. Because after those game ones, oh, my man shows up, and he shows out. So I'm looking at this like the only thing that I'm monitoring is if Luca is fatigued. We all know the narrative on Luca that was real. Fourth quarter collapses in years prior. Maybe now we're seeing conference finals, which is farther than he's been. Conference finals fatigue and a collapse. But I don't think so. I think this is just Luca in that round one of that championship fight measuring his distance, and he will respond. I like your thought process because it's optimistic, and I like Luca. But I'm incredibly worried about Luka Doncic, and y'all should be too. Let's go. When you watch that same fight that we all have to overpay for at this juncture in time. <laughs> exactly. After round one, if you see a boxer bloodied, you better be worried. Because mm. it's a long fight. Mm. And while you might be able to mitigate some of the blood with Vaseline, you might be able to go ice pack on the head, ice pack on the wound, you got to understand, mm. a gash will reopen. Oh, yeah. So when you watch that first fight, typically, sell because I was a, a newcomer as it pertained to UFC the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. I just started getting into it. I started earlier in the days. Brock Lesnar dipped away, came back into it. My Nigerian started Nigerian ink. <laughs> <laughs> When you watch a UFC fight, I don't even really know how they're going to score through this net. I just see who look worse. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know nothing about boxing or fighting, real talk, just look at who look worse. Oh, man, his eye already gassed. It's going to be a long day for him. Mm. Ooh, his eye already swollen. Mm. We in the first round. Ooh, it's going to be a long fight for him. That part. Who looks worse? Luca looks significantly worse <laughs> after the first round. Good point. Think about it. Beyond just the eye gash yeah. and then uh, the right shoulder sprain, yeah, yeah. Luca just beat up, big dog. Mm -hmm. So maybe he is as calculated as just checking. But I don't think Luca is that savvy just yet. Remember, he's only a three- or four-year NBA player. Yeah. Obviously, he played professionally in Europe prior. Yep. Luca, yep. I don't think, is that savvy, nor should mm. you be that savvy in the Western Conference Finals. Not yet. Oh. Not to gauge with the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Keep in mind, the Warriors are Floyd. Floyd was the person who was checking on his opponent because Ooh. Floyd was the better fighter. Ooh. The Warriors are Floyd. So the stat that blew my mind, Ooh. the Golden State Warriors have won 20 of their last 22 playoff series. Okay. The only two they lost, 2016, Draymond Green suspended. 2019, Kevin Durant missed it. Mm -hmm. The Golden State Warriors have won 20 of their last 22 playoff series. So the Golden State Warriors are already walking into the ring versus the Dallas Mavericks knowing they are up. Huh. The Golden State Warriors are not the underdog. They are Goliath. Yep. And Luka, he ain't got no stones to throw.
Mm. So as I look at it, I'm worried about Luka because as I told you yesterday, you can carry the village if you want to, but it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. You're right. Mm. We're here. I found it. Okay. Last time we saw the Mavericks held to under 90 points, the next game they had 113. Last time we saw Luka go out there and have his career low in the postseason, 24 points, Utah game six, next game 45 points from Luka. He responds, dog. Let me tell you why this is Luka. He is that measure. We can't understate that professional record, those 4,000 minutes logged as a pro teenager. Okay, let me tell you why. Luka's game, if you had to sum it up into one word, probably is efficient. Like, he doesn't waste movements. He doesn't waste motion. He doesn't waste energy. Like, right? Like, being real, he ain't the fastest. He ain't the biggest. He's big, but he ain't the big. He's just efficient. That's not just physical, mental as well. Mm -hmm. They call it pick your spots. So you're a gambling man, so let's take it to where you go, in the casino. This is why I don't bet, seriously. Other than my attention span, which is very short, very limited, it's the fact that I don't know how to bet. Mm. Winning hands, bet. Losing hands, don't bet. Mm -hmm. That's the rule, right? However, I'm the type that's just gonna bet hands. I'm not going to try and measure which ones are winning and losing. If I won three, the fourth one, I'm thinking I'm winning. But somebody smart next to me be like, chill, pull that shoot, right pull, pull back. back. Pull back, pull That's back. That's Luka game ones. Luka ain't going out there half-assing it. By the third quarter, when he sees Looney shooting 18-footers and drilling them, he starts to say, maybe not today. <laughs> so that efficiency model kicks in. I know when to place my bets. It's good. I'm not going full throttle in a losing effort. And how many times have you played our game full throttle from hello to goodbye mm-hmm. and realized, hey, man, ride the waves. Where's the coast phase? I think Luca is calculated. I think he's being efficient. That is brilliant. I do not know if you are right. Me either. Genuinely, I don't know if you're right, but that is brilliant. Mm. Because there does come a point where you are sitting there and now's the time to press. Mm. Hey, it's about to get hot. Press. And I'm the one at the table that's like, hey, Cell, you know, you can't really talk at a table, but mm. hey, Cell, now I'll put a little more down right there. Mm-hmm. Nah, not, not right now. Not right now. Pull it back. Pull it back. Mm-hmm. If Luca is that calculated, then brilliant. But you know, every now and then, Cell, you might sit at a table and you just have no chance. See, when I sit down at the casino tables, I always say this. I don't necessarily care to win every hand, but I want to make the best decision with the information I'm given. Facts, facts. I don't think Luca has the ability at this series to press or pull back mm. because you might always try to wait for your moment, wait for your spot, wait for your spot. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, they're not giving you no spots. You better press every single time and hope you catch a wave because at the casino table, there's nothing worse than missing a wave. There's nothing worse than you mm-hmm. walk up to the table and you see black on the roulette table has hit nine consecutive times. Now you pull out $5,000. Yo, put it all on black. Red. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than that. I'm that guy. And I think if, if Luca's waiting to catch his spot, his spot just might not ever come. You ain't never lie, especially in this series. It could be a death by a thousand paper cuts. Well, let's switch gears and get to the USFL. Take a look back at an exciting week five. It's our opportunity to show the whole nation. Who the f*** we are, dog? What a hit, Josh. Look at him go. Wow. Double pass here and wide open into the end zone for a touchdown. Double trick plays here. That's amazing. I love it. Curtis takes a huge hit. Let them know about it. It does not get much better than that. Jason caught it. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. 
going to get their first victory of the season on the final play of the game. Stop fucking with me! What are you talking about? Ooh, okay. Talk that talk Football game. season never stops on Fox and FS1 and the USFL. Rock. I need my yes. Oh, hold on. Defense Lee. Hey, check it down. Check it down. Mike 51. They're rolling strong into week six. The Stallions remain undefeated and the Generals beat the breakers. Ah, Yo, that ain't right. I should have used my other hand. <laughs> to remain atop the North Division, I'm hurting. Sticking with the Generals. Also, tell us about your star to watch, big dog. Yo, my star to watch. Y'all might remember him from last chance, you, baby. DeAndre oh. Johnson. Ooh. Big dog went off. I'm talking off in week five. Throwing for more than 200 yards, rushing for two touchdowns. Johnson had been splitting time under center with mm. Luis Perez. But this week, Coach Mike Riley stuck with Johnson all the way through, and it paid off. Mm. Again, DeAndre Johnson was that dude on Netflix's reality show Last Chance You. Now, Coach Riley gave him mm. a change in week six. Gave him a chance yes. in week six. Yes. And Johnson, in turn, yes. gave him a dub. Well, Coach team over there, because I played for Mike Riley. I know how he gets down. Made the Pro Bowl with him. You know, one of my Sorry. Here's my star to watch. My star to watch is Pittsburgh Maulers wide receiver Bailey Gaither. My man caught the game-winning touchdown as time expired in week five to give the Maulers their first win. Third in the USFL receiving yard, top for second in receiving touchdowns. Balling. We'll see if Gaithers can still stay hot this week. They got the New Orleans Breakers. Speaking of that, let's take a look back at this matchup. Sunday, a big-time USFL doubleheader. Doubleheader kicks off at noon Eastern on FS1 with the Pittsburgh Maulers and the New Orleans Breakers. And at 4 Eastern, the Houston Gamblers take on the New Jersey Generals on Fox. And it's all streaming on the Fox Sports app. Jamming up! Nick Saban calls quite the stir in college football world, taking shots at everybody. He... Yesterday, he called out multiple other programs, and we'll give you our reaction next on Speak for Yourself. Get out of his mouth, Jimbo. Chill. Pro Football Focus released their top five quarterbacks who could potentially be in their last season as starters. They had Jameis Winston at number one. Wow. Followed by a group of young quarterbacks with Daniel Jones. Who? Daniel Jones at number two. Taylor Hurst at three. Tua and Drew Locke to wrap up their top five. So we're going to rank our top five make or break players. Oh! 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 Oxy, Oxy, look at me finally making plays. LeBron out here, boy. Wrong sport. Damn it. Give me that ball. Top five players. That's your first drop of the year. Come on, Cooper Cup. Do better. <laughs> you miss Robert Woods, don't you? Oh, so start us off with your number five. Finally! At number five, I got to choose a running back, man, since I can't catch. I got to go to the running back position. Who you got? For Zeke. It's a make or break season, Ooh, big dog. pick. Remember, Zeke Ooh. has been tied up to the Cowboys because they've been tied up to him monetarily. Ooh. But now that the money is starting to dwindle and the guaranteed pay is starting to dwindle, Zeke, if you don't ball this year, it's probably a wrap. Tony Pollard, he waiting in long to get some more touches. And cheaper. And he's way cheaper. cheaper. Zeke, number five. Number four, huh. Zach Wilson. <laughs> the leash sell for young quarterbacks is not as long as it used to be. It ain't that short, think, is it? But think about what the general manager, Joe Douglas, did for the Jets this year. Yeah. In the draft, got him Sauce Gardner. In mm. the second round, got him Brees Hall. Mm. Got him a top fight wide receiver. Has given him so many reasons. Mm. To have absolutely no excuses, including Jermaine Johnson at the end of the first. So, if you added that much help to this Jets franchise, True. Zach Wilson, we do not have all day for you to develop. Great quarterbacks are great young. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, 
Joe Burrow, second year, Super Bowl. There Patrick Mahomes, second year, MVP. Lamar Jackson, second year. And like everybody is yeah. great young. Mm. Zach Wilson, step up. You too. Gotta step up. Three. Ryan Tannehill. No. It's make or break because How, Sway? it might be a make or break first three games for him. <gasps> Think about all the tension between him and Malik Willis already. We overblew the whole thing, obviously. Malik yeah. Willis saying that he doesn't care that Ryan Tannehill won't mentor him. Yeah. But Ryan Tannehill, you are the limiting reactant. Oh. Derrick Henry may only have two great years left in him. You know what it is with running backs. Yeah, yeah. You saw Jamal Lewis, bees back mm. in the day. Gave us a 2,000-yard season. Peyton Hillis. Beast back in the day. There's a couple huge seasons. Derrick Henry, beast present day, giving us some big seasons. Won't last forever. Ryan Tannehill, we cannot allow you to waste Derrick Henry. You single-handedly kept the Titans from advancing in the playoffs last year with a three-turnover game. Ryan Tannehill, make or break season. Mm. And number two. Interesting. Two. Hunger by Loa. Really? And number two. I got two of them. The reason being is, Tua, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I think you're a beast, big dog. The rest of the world, not so convinced. But at the point in which we gave you Jalen Waddle last year, first round early, we got you Tyree Kill to Cheetah in a big money deal. Mm. We kept Mike Gusecki at tight end for you. We've given you help. You got it. Speed, speed, tight end. We've given you help. Tua, what's up with you, big dog? We drafted you top five, and we sat there and we watched Justin Herbert ball. We sat there and we watched Joe Burrow ball. Tua, please, big dog. It's time for you to ball, make or break. And now, more than any other quarterback in football. You sure? Jalen Hurts. Ah. More than any. Here's why. What? The Eagles have dedicated so much capital to Jalen Hurts. The first thing the Eagles did, they got rid of $128 million Carson Wentz, who helped get them a Super Bowl. That's the first thing. Okay. They also got rid of their only Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson. That's the second thing. Mm. Then you draft the first round pick in Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager did not do great at a TCU. He hasn't done great. But then along with that, you draft the first round pick, Heisman winner, mm. wide receiver, Devontae Smith. Okay. Then along with that, you go out there and you trade for A.J. Brown. Mm. Jalen Hurts, what more help can you get? We got Carson Wentz out the way. We got a head coach out the way. We got you two first-round pick wide receivers, one who won the Heisman, and another A.J. Brown who we just paid $100 million to. Jalen Hurts has so much help. It's a make-or-break season because guess what? Eagles got two first-round picks next year, Jalen Hurts. Mm. And if you don't show up, they will use those picks. Mm. We're going to go at it with that list right there. But let me put my list on the board first and let y'all see where I'm coming from. Let's go with my top five. Number five, Jameis Winston. I got to have Jameis Winston on there. Why? Because there was a conversation about all these interceptions. Then that was behind him. Now we're talking about, oh, Jameis Winston, five and two in the seven games, but he got hurt. So now if you're not reliable, you're not available, and you still got some of those concerns about you throwing the ball to the other color, Jameis Winston. Not the hottest seat, but it's certainly not the coolest seat. Let's go with number four. Marcus Mariota. Hey, this reunion with you and your offensive coordinator. We put you in the best case scenario. Kind of reminiscent of Carson Wentz and Frank White of last year. Marcus Mariota, you haven't started a game since 2019. All that talent, one of the top picks before. Where are you now? We're giving you one more chance for a reason. So that seat is warmer. Let's go with my number three pick, Mr. Trubisky. Hey, man, I know that you weren't properly respected of what you did in Chicago. Made the playoffs two of your three years there. Then we find you as a backup at Buffalo. 
Now you're in the driver's seat in Pittsburgh. It's on you, big dog. If you don't do it right now, didn't we draft a quarterback? Can you pick it? Yeah, you better watch out, Mr. Bisky. They coming for you. Number two, Sam Darnold. I don't even know why he's starting right now, but it's because he has talent. There's still some belief in Sam Darnold. Before the injury last year to Christian McCaffrey, that man was 3-0. That man was having sit-down interviews. That man was the toast of the town. And then all of a sudden, McCaffrey got hurt. He fell off. He got hurt. He came back. I don't know where things are, but I do know they're hot. Number one, you know me. You know this show. You know who's going to be number one. Not Baker Mayfield. Carson Wentz. Car- come on. Carson Wentz is in this position. $128 million man franchise quarterback. Nope, you got to go. Lost your job to a second rounder. Okay, now you go back to your office corner, Frank Reich, Indianapolis coach. It's your turn. Oh. Not the leader we thought. Now you're doing press conferences in team colors. Anytime somebody shows up at the press conference to get introduced to the city and they're wearing the team colors, they shook. They shook. They got apples. Hey, coach, you like me, right? It's almost like Derek Carr when he moved next to Chucky. That didn't work out. So all that said, now it's time for me to go at your list because I got issues everywhere. Ezekiel Elliott's best friend on the team is Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott with Tony Pollard is a shared experience. A lot of people think if you put Tony Pollard by himself, wouldn't work out. Zach Wilson, new head coach. You get yourself some runway. You said the leash is short. It's a little longer than you expect. Ryan Tannehill, without Derrick Henry, took this team to the, the playoffs. playoffs. That's true. And the number one seed That's in the true. AFC. But no wins. Hey, hey, hey. But he still did all that without Derrick Henry. You can't dispute my top two. Oh, I'm going there. All these vows. Man, damn. Will of Fortune. Uh, Tua. This is Tua. Whatever happened before with the head coach, you got a new head coach. First year in the system. I can hear it right now. If things don't go as expected. Oh, you know what? We need an offseason again. And he can have the system already learned in one more year. Tua, I think, has a little mattress. It's skinny. It's a twin bed, but he got a little mattress. Jalen Hurts. You can't do this to Jalen Hurts. I have to. Jalen Hurts has already shown that he is a winner. Whatever you think of him in terms of talent, of all those guys, he found himself in the playoffs as well. Him, and my man Tannehill found himself in the playoffs despite people not really respecting this game. I, I don't mind you taking Zach Wilson off okay, my good, list. Good, good. Tannehill, you know his seat's hot. He knows his seat's hot. Remember, he had yeah. to go see a, a sports psychologist, couldn't sleep for weeks. <laughs> hey, you know he already in his head. Yeah, and yeah. I respect you. See psychologist, seek therapy. That's real. Yeah, yeah. All right, Only issues I have with your list. Let's go. I already see broken, broken, broken. Like, you oh. say make or break season. I don't even think no make. Are, no, no make. Kenny Pickett's already going to be the starter in my mind oh. for the first round pick. Great point. He's going to be the starter. Ooh. Sam Darnold, I don't see him being the but starter. But there's no one there to correct, take his job. Correct. So he's still there. Drafted a third round uh, uh, pick right there. Yep. I don't see him being a starter either. So mm. really, I love your list. Mm. I just think already broken. I'm tripping. Carson Wentz truly. I'd put him right after Jalen Hurts and yeah. right, uh, right above Tua. Carson Wentz needs to be on my list. Oh, it's amazing. People don't understand that when we prep for this, we actually do it independently. Yeah. So when we come up here, we're as surprised as you guys are. But don't be that surprised at my list because my list is right. You know? <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our top five make or break players. We'll see if these guys can hang <laughs> to their starting job after the season. Your stat line today, not good, coach. Not good. Coming up, Steph Curry and the Warriors. Played the Mavs off the court last night. Tell you what the message that Golden State sent to the Mavs meant. That's next on Yeah, you see that? I am left footed. Get to San Francisco, y'all, where the Warriors dominated the Mavs in game one last night. Their defense was able to limit Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry led the way on offense with 21 points, 12 rebounds. Klay Thompson added all 15 of his points in the second half. 
And it was a well-balanced attack from Golden State with seven players finishing in double figures. Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick Dubuque. But Acho, what message did the Warriors send? Uh, the Warriors sent the message that they do this. Y'all did this, but we do this. Mm. And there's a pivotal difference, Slick. You went to Dartmouth. A legitimate Ivy League school. Oh, it's not adjacent anymore? A legitimate. Oh, thank He's you. graduated. Thank you. A legitimate Ivy League school. So, Slick Rick, you know the difference between past, present, and present progressive in speech. Past tense, something that has been done before that present progressive, something that is currently being done as we speak. Mm. Luca, you did that mm. against the Phoenix Suns. 27 points, first half, tied with the Suns. Nine for 12 shooting? Boy, you did that. Luca. you averaging 38 points per game in elimination games? Mm. Ooh, you did that. Mm. You averaging 35 points per game in the playoffs this year? Boy, you did that. But Steph is saying, I do this. Mm. Not that I've done it. Not that I did it. I do it. And that's what you saw last night. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. They just said, yo... We do this. Y'all did it, but we do it. And y'all going to have to recognize that night in and night out. That blowout y'all had versus the Suns, yeah, that was cute. But we just blew y'all out. So a message that the Warriors truly sent was, we are here. We here to stay. We have won 20 of our last 22 playoff series for a reason. Mm. Yeah, y'all heard me right. 20 of their last 22 playoff series for a reason. The Warriors do this. Y'all might have done it, but mm. they do it. Mm. Good take, Emmy. Strong. I'm going to go with we are not who you think we are. Mm. We're not a three-point shooting team. That's not how we live and die. We don't live and die by Steph and Clay scoring. We actually live off of our defense. We live off of our ability to get easy buckets at the rim as opposed to just shooting from long range. So, if you were reading all the advertising as far as who we have been or who we supposedly are, mm. you were misled because that's not how we win games, not as constituted. And by the way, we are way better than at this. To your point, Emmy, we're better at this than the Phoenix Suns. A lot of people might have had the Phoenix Suns as the best team in the Western Conference, but when it comes to the playoffs and how unique we are, first of all, Luca. We're not going to challenge you. We're not going to mock you. We're not going to find a way like the Phoenix Suns did to get you angry enough to, to get the best out of you. We're mm. going to play it a little cooler than that. And we're not going to have issues with our center, DeAndre Ayton, and create an internal conflict. We're actually going to go to the coach and say, no, we want Kevon Looney to play. We want our trusted guy at the five spot. So we're not going to create any of our own problems you're going to have to create problems for us and you're going to have to get with the idea that you can take away our three. You can make this a three-point shooting contest. We got a lot, of, a lot of other ways to skin this cat and if you don't get on board with that, then you're going to get a different outcome than you did against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I'm with you guys, man. They just proved to me that even not at their best, they got multiple ways to get you, multiple ways to hit you. Ah, in a game where Steph Curry has 21 points under his average, Klay Thompson has 15 points under his average, they win by 25. Ah, 
When I go home and think about that, if I'm on the Dallas Mavericks, I'm not feeling good about myself. And during the course of this game, you actually were feeling good about yourself. You jack up 48 threes. You guys kept missing, and you still found yourselves hanging around in the first half. And then the top came off. The Golden State Warriors have not lost to a Western Conference opponent in the playoffs since 2014. That's before MJ, y'all. 2014. These dudes been tilting on the West side for a long time. Kind of reminiscing, I'm not lying. This takes me back to when I've noticed in Los Angeles especially, automatic weapons hit the streets. Because you just saw that the body count was different. You just saw the incidents were more random. You just saw that, hey, you don't even know I have to do this and aim this and shoot this, but everybody potentially is in danger. That's what it looked like last night. Like, everybody on the Warriors can come get you, even if they're not the greatest individually. Collectively, Luka versus a team. You saw that on full display because the Golden State Warriors not only play defense, like you said, Slick, but it's offensively that ball movement. And I try to tell my kids that I coach all the time. In baseball, I see it. Football, everything. The fastest thing on the court and on the field is the ball. I see it in baseball. Kid sees a little grounder. He gets the ball, and he tries to chase down the runner. I said, throw it, throw it. Why you got to throw it? Because the ball faster than you do. You got to throw it to the base. Same thing when you play the Golden State Warriors. And it looks like it's caught up to Luka in already game one in terms of fatigue. That ball is moving, man. And you can't yeah. see anybody on the Mavericks keeping up that pace. Yeah, I, but, and you're right. They, they can't keep up with that pace. They can't play warrior style and expect to win. No. But I believe that the Mavericks are capable of slowing this down and changing the dynamic mm -hmm. and making it a different kind of game. And I understand, I completely understand why they approached this game the way that they did. Hmm. They just closed out the Phoenix Suns with Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, and Luka Doncic dominating yeah but at that point they already had the phoenix suns reeling the phoenix suns were already oh well, how did we end up in a game seven on our home floor and these dudes are taking us apart this is a different dynamic now they can't look at we're just going to try to go star for star we're going to the mm. warriors uh, offensively are far harder to figure out or or take apart because of that ball movement because of that player movement but I do believe that the Mavs are capable of getting there. They demonstrated how good mm -hmm. they can be defensively. They just put their emphasis in the wrong place because of how they closed out the Phoenix Suns. If you saw them earlier in that series, when they took a hold and they first proved to the Phoenix Suns, you guys got problems, they were getting five, six guys in double digits. For, uh, Luka Doncic scored 45 in game one of that series, and they lost going away. Mm. It was only when they started to shift it and say, we got to get everybody involved. We got to trust everybody. That's when they became different. And let's keep in mind, this was the Golden State Warriors at home, everybody feeling good, mm. everybody getting involved. Like, it wasn't a close game. If the Mavs can make this a grind type of game and put that pressure where now Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and these guys that haven't been in this situation before have to be a little more uh, efficient in their decision making 
Because you still saw the wild part of the Golden State Warriors mm -hmm. in this game. It just never came to bite them. That's where the Mavs had to have to get it to have a chance. And based on what I've seen from them in the evolution of series through the course of this postseason, I believe that they can get there. I don't know if we'll see it in game two, but I certainly expect that we'll see it when they go back to Dallas. But Slick, the real issue in my mind, man, Warriors got too many hitters, bro. They got too many shooters. Come around the corner, Slick. It's like they got too many guys that got that thing on them. Packing <laughs> that heat. You know what I'm saying? Like at the point in which Jordan Poole can come off the bench and have a very quick and a very quiet, what do you have? Uh, a very quick and a very quiet 19. I'm just like, they got too many hitters, bruh. Luka only gave you right around 20. Poole gave you 19. Steph gave you 20. Curry gave you, uh, Steph gave you 20. Curry, uh, Clay gave you 15. The Warriors just got too much heat. That's why sure. the message was sent loud and clear. Like, we got shooters. Y'all. In a mm. literal and figurative sense. Mm. We got shooters, oh, and y'all don't have what we got. We packing too much heat for y'all. Yeah, but Slick, here's the thing. This is why the message was sent, but not loud and clear. Because you caught us off guard. Kind of like you get into a fight, somebody sucker punch. Even if you win that fight, people going to walk back and be like, uh, but he did start it off with a sucker punch. If they square it up, we'll see what happens. That's what we used to say growing up. Now, you shot, and everybody was hitting, and Luka wasn't. He had his worst plus-minus of his postseason career. That could be the defense. That could be Luka not being Luka. Most turnovers, seven this postseason. Fewest points in the second half this postseason. Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors have averaged the most points at home of all teams remaining. So we saw the best from the Warriors, and we saw the worst from the Dallas Mavericks. What happens when those things start to even out, as Slick is saying? What happens when we go to Dallas and we start to see other guys step up? So they did shoot, but uh, now Luka and them going to run in the house. They may come out with something, too. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is you better duck. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Coming up, Baker Mayfield's future remains in limbo. We'll tell you if Cleveland should keep their former number one pick on the roster. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Coming out with that heat. Man, Luka got something in that house. <laughs> Baker Mayfield has had an offseason full of drama and uncertainty after being replaced by Deshaun Watson. Cleveland lacks leverage in any trade discussions given Baker's contract, but if Watson is suspended for a significant amount of time by the league, it's been suggested that the Browns keep Baker and try to make amends. So, Acho, but it makes sense for the Browns to keep Baker Mayfield. Sal, I'm tired of asking that question. Ooh. Does it make sense for the Browns? Is it wise for the Browns? Should the Browns? What about the Browns? How about Baker Mayfield? Okay, let's talk it. I don't really care if it makes sense for the Browns to keep Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield should not stay in Cleveland regardless of what Cleveland tries to do. Mm. Baker Mayfield, whatever small amount of power and or leverage you have, summon all of it up, summon all of it up one more time. Okay. What I learned about relationships or lack thereof. Yeah, I am about to say. Or lack thereof. Latter. Is this. Everybody got baggage. Mm-hmm. Everybody got baggage. Mm -hmm. So what bags do you want to carry? Because mm -hmm. everybody got them. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield as a quarterback got baggage. His baggage, off-the-field commercials, annoying. His baggage, <laughs> on-the-field injuries, annoying. Mm -hmm. His baggage, tension with teammates, annoying. Baker got baggage, injury-prone at times, annoying. He got baggage. Mm -hmm. Browns don't want to carry those bags. Deshaun Watson got baggage, too. Hello. 
Deshaun Watson got baggage because he currently has several civil lawsuits mm. pending. Mm. Mm. So, Baker, if the Browns don't want to carry your bags, don't help the Cleveland Browns carry Deshaun Watson. So what you saying? What I'm saying is this. In the event that Deshaun has to miss time yeah. because of any sort of suspension, yeah. then Baker, the Browns made their bed. Oh, oh, oh. So you're not playing. Let him lay in it. You, oh, yeah. But Let you, him lay in it. Where are you, though? Are you jumping in the bed with him? No, I'm chilling. You I'm ch- collecting my checks Ooh. to not play like Deshaun collected his checks to not play last year in Houston. Mm. Everybody got bags. Mm. Deshaun got bags. Mm. Let the Browns carry him. Nobody helped Baker Mayfield carry his bags. Ooh. So... Why would I help the Browns carry Deshaun's? Let me tell you why. Please do. Uh, Because it's not just money when people say that's penny wise and pound foolish. (sighs) You got to play. And you have to play beyond the borders of the Cleveland Browns organization. Ultimately, this is going to land somewhere else, right? And Baker, let me just tell you this in case you didn't get the memo. The Cleveland Browns are going to be around longer than you. So you better take care of your finite opportunities and time in the professional league of the NFL. That means every rep you can, you better go out there and do what you can. <sighs> they got Jacoby Brissett already. Mm-hmm. For me, the Browns, it doesn't make sense for Baker Mayfield to play again because I do not want Baker Mayfield to ignite this fan base and this imagination to think what could be because we already know what it was. <laughs> That's enough. The indictment and the verdict is in on you, Baker Mayfield. We're done. So if we're done, Cleveland Browns, we need to be done with Baker Mayfield. And don't be so cheap, Pennywise, pound foolish Browns, and not pay some of this $19 million salary to get him off your books and get him to his new destination. But don't let him back on that field if I'm the Cleveland Browns. Because the last thing I want, because you know who the most popular player on the team is in difficulty, the backup quarterback. quarterback. (laughs) Oh, that's our savior. Don't let him go out there and be the Lord and savior. Uh Uh-uh, it's a wrap. Now, if you're Baker Mayfield, I want to play here. I messed up my trade value. Who told you to write a love letter when we're trying to get rid of you, bro? Who told you to go out there and say, I got to be traded? Who told you to say where I want to be traded? So now we're in this position where we both don't want each other, kind of like most divorces right before it happens. You're living together. You hate each other. You got to figure this thing out. But they need to pay Baker to go away. There's another thing that you pay to go away, and I can't say it. Coming up, Luca struggled in game one against the Warriors. Boy, that would give me fire. But we'll tell you if he's enough to carry the Mavs team. That's next. Don't speak for yourself. Tweet me if y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Warriors dominated the Mavs in game one last night after being red hot for most of the season. Golden State was able to cool down Luka Doncic. They forced seven turnovers and held them to 20 points, including just two points in the second half. Got to bring Slick Rick the Buker back. But, Sel, yes. is the great Luka Doncic enough to carry the Mavs? Yes, I'm confident in Luka and carrying the Mavs. Um, now i got to give you my definition of confidence, which is just managing doubt. And I must say, my manager is at work doing overtime right now because, boy, am I doubting <laughs> what am I'm confident in in this moment. <laughs> Oh, Luca! at the one game, man, it's starting to get to me. I'm looking at you. He looks generally fatigued. Mm -hmm. He looks taxed. And he looks like he has so much coming at him in terms of the Golden State Warriors and their arsenal that it may be just too tall a task for Luca. But the only thing that makes me reserve judgment and still believe and have confidence in Luca is that he's so calculated. He's so efficient in his work. Not just physically. He doesn't waste any motions. Doesn't waste any efforts. But mentally. 
You know that they've lost every single game one of their series in this postseason? 0-3. And they find a way to respond, and obviously they found a way to win those same series. So until I see Luka's response, I won't lose all my confidence. But I must say, in this moment, the manager's working overtime because my confidence is waning. I understand why it would be. And to answer the question, yes, he can carry them, but it would be wrong for him to try. Mm-hmm. What we are seeing with the Don't Dallas Mavericks, what has been demonstrated is that less is more with Luka, particularly when it comes to the offensive end of the floor. And it's natural. We think of him as a one-man band, the guy who has to do everything. I'm sure Luka gets into that mindset. The bigger the game, the bigger the situation, the bigger the opponent, the more I need to give. But it's counterproductive. That is ultimately what we've seen. I brought it up earlier. Scored 45 in game one against the Phoenix Suns, and they lost going away. Once it became more distributed as far as scoring, they were better. And when did the Phoenix, I mean, the Dallas Mavericks really hit their stride? and start to dominate the Phoenix Suns. It wasn't when Luka suddenly started going off offensively. We'd seen that. It was when they started mocking him that he couldn't defend, Mm. that he couldn't, that they were going to put him in situations and exploit him there. And there is nothing more powerful than a superstar scorn. They say it about women. (laughs) I'm going to put superstars in the same category. That's when he got mad. And that's when he really started to play at the other end of the floor. And if you look at his numbers in the playoffs, the percentage of where he contributed when he was on the floor to the team's success in wins versus losses, look at that. In losses, Mm. he actually has a higher percentage of the assists. Points, higher percentage of the assists. But when it comes to defensive rebounding in that end of the floor, the wins is where he takes a, more, a, a bigger share, and that's where they have success. So that's where the mind meld has to happen with Luka Doncic, is he has to realize, you know what? I have enough around me offensively. I can let Jalen Brunson uh, create shots. I got to get uh, uh, Davies Bertans some threes that I normally might take. I got I to trust my teammates at the offensive end. And defensively, I got to give a little more energy at that end because that is when we are at their best. And so we've seen the Mavs and Luka make that shift as the series begins. And I understand Mm -hmm. why they would take a different approach with the Warriors. But he has to get back to what has worked, and I fully expect they will. Slick, the reason I strongly disagree with that, but I was incredibly captivated by it. I'm always captivated when you bring that kind of information to the table is if you remove both teams' best players, take Luka off the Mavs, take Steph off the Warriors. The Warriors would beat the Mavs in four games. They might Hmm. beat them in three games in a four-game series. Hmm. It would be that bad. (laughs) Just one game carry over. So Slick, I don't think that Luka can have the mindset of, yo, let me put more of a burden on my help because his help is not as good as Steph Curry's help. Luka understands he's got to do it all. The question is, is Luka good enough to carry the Mavs? The better question is, against who? Luka's good enough to carry the Mavs against the Jazz. 
Luka's good enough to carry the Mavs against the Suns, but Luka's absolutely not good enough to carry the Mavs against the Warriors. And it's not Luka's fault. Luka's going up against a team with three future Hall of Famers, including one of the best young scorers in the game in Jordan Poole, and a Hall of Fame head coach. So is Luka good enough to carry the Mavs? Sure he is against the likes of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Cam Payne, Chris Paul. Sure. But is he good enough to carry the Mavs against them Warriors? Come on, big dog. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing, Acho. I can't argue with that because you're using proof of what the Golden State Warriors have been. You've said that, look, they've got Hall of Fame players. Mm -hmm. Can't argue with that. They've, They've proved themselves to be Hall of Fame players. Are they Hall of Fame players right now? Is Klay Thompson playing like the Klay Thompson that made his bones to be a Hall of Fame player? Is Draymond Green playing that way? I can't say that. And on the other side of the equation, has Spencer Dinwiddie really proved that he can be that kind of player? Has Jalen Brunson proved that he can be that kind of player? Well, he did against the Phoenix Suns. And I'm just thinking about how we thought about the Dallas Mavericks and their supporting cast when we went into the series against the Phoenix Suns. It was going to be, oh, the Phoenix Suns just went to the finals. Cam Johnson. I mean, it's Cam Johnson. It's Devin Booker. It's Chris Paul. It's it's Mikhail Bridges. It's DeAndre Ayton. How can the Dallas Mavericks possibly match up again? We're talking about Luka Doncic is going to beat all of those guys? And yet they did, because all of those supporting, that's that, that supporting cast did step up. They did make big shots. They did it on the road and at home. And so I can't, I can't counter your argument with proof of what has happened other than we undersold the Dallas Mavericks supporting cast going up against the Phoenix Suns, and they proved us wrong. Mm. And I'm not convinced that the Golden State Warriors and what they've been is what they are now. That's good. Maybe they can mm. capture, recapture some of that. But I think that the, the, the difference between the two is a lot smaller than we believe it to be and why Luka Doncic should have reason to trust that supporting cast because it just mm. may be good enough to compete against this version of these Warriors. Yeah, it's just so hard to trust them. Oh, man, trust is so hard. All three of us know that. I mean, trust is hard. It's given? No, it has to be earned. And Acho knows this more than us because he's got trust issues, I'm sure. That's why he's still single. Love my dog. (laughs) Here's the thing. (sighs) Look at where Luca is right now. For him to trust those guys and to give them his trust, it's going to make him vulnerable. He a superstar. He got a lot on the line, yes. collectively as a team and as an individual. Hey, I'd rather shoot a step back three and I don't even see the rim than to just throw it to you in the corner and you got an easy three because I'm Luca. Now, the teammates are like, dog, give it to me, man. I'm trying to earn your trust. But that comes at a cost to them, too, because then you got to be reliable. That means you can't just do it for one game. You got to do it every game. And that's the relationship, the ebb and flow of the trust issues that Luca has. And you can see it. One game he's there, and then the next game he's like, do you know how many times you can count Luca goes like this after a shot his teammate misses? Oh. And like he, oh. he does, Kobe used to do this, respect, rest in peace. Kobe was king of that. Give me the ball. Oh, you shot it? Oh. Like, Luca does that 10 times a game. And I can just see the trust issues just played out on the court. Like they are played out right now in each of these boxes, different levels of trust. 
Whatever, I told you too. Coming up, Jason Tatum struggled in the second half of game one against the Heat. Tell you what he has to prove in game two tonight. Next on for yourself. Game two of the Eastern Conference Finals tips off tonight in South Beach. Now the Celtics blew a 13-point lead in game one, but they look to even up the series against the Heat tonight. Jason Tatum, 29 points in game one, but seven turnovers and struggled in the second half. Not even one field goal in the third quarter. Yikes. Mm. So, Self, mm. what Jason Tatum have to prove tonight? Oh, man, that he's a superstar for real. One of those response games. Uh, in life, you tell people, man, don't worry about falling down. Just focus on getting up, right? And this is what he has to do. He has to get up. And he's done it before. Brooklyn series, 19-point game, 39 the next one. 10-point game against the Bucs, 30 points next. Remember that game, six, 46 points. Jason Tatum, remind him you're a superstar. I'm with you on that. I think not only remind him you're a superstar, but you got to outshine Jimmy Butler. What we always do, Sal, when we're trying to figure out who are greatest and who's greatest, we compare one against the other. Yep. I always think about T-Mac and Kobe because growing mm. up as a young buck, I rocked with T-Mac. I had the T-Max. I had the all-black with the three navy blue stripes. I rocked with T-Mac. Mm-hmm. But when T-Mac and Kobe would match up against each other, Kobe was getting the dubs. So as a result, it was, you know what? Not only is Kobe greater in narrative form, Kobe's greater because when they meet head-to-head, it's going to Kobe. Mm-hmm. It does not matter, Jason Tatum, how much we all want to say that you are the next Kobe Bryant. Mm. It doesn't matter, Jason Tatum, how much we all want to say that you are a superstar. You're in the superstar club. If you lose to somebody who's supposed to be lesser than you, Mm. then you cannot be greater than him. Because at the end of the day, when y'all went head to head, what happened? For that reason, that's where I'm at. Jason Tatum tonight, he got to prove he's better than Jimmy Butler. Man, and just because you brought up Kobe Bryant so many times, first five years, Jason Tatum versus Kobe Bryant, Tatum got him in points. Tatum got him in rebounds. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage, same all-stars. Ooh, never been swept out the playoffs either. Kobe was twice. Talk chips. I can't see that line. Oh, championships. (laughs) Coming up, Nick Saban just responded to Jimbo Fisher's strong criticism. Find out what they had to say. Next, don't speak for yourself. He didn't play with Shaq, man. I didn't see that line. I didn't see that line. It's right here, though. Nick Saban riled up Jimbo Fisher after accusing him of manipulating name, image, and likeness rules to recruit all those players. Jimbo then lashed out at Saban, and earlier today, Saban said, quote, he tried to contact Jimbo and Sanders, saying, quote, I reached out to them. Never got a response. I feel bad about it. I'm not changing my philosophy. A lot of phrases here. I look at the betterment of college football. So, Acho, what do you think of Saban's response to Jimbo's criticism? Uh, I feel Nick Saban on apologizing. I don't think Nick Saban realized how offensive he what he was doing actually was. Mm. I think Nick Saban was just trying to talk, just trying to rally up the troops, like you said. Yeah. He was just trying to make sure the boosters knew, hey, Boosters know, hey, mm. they out here paying they guys. <laughs> we need y'all to step it up. Yeah. Like, my number one recruiting class is in large part because of me, Nick Saban, but it's also because of you all, Boosters. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nick Saban thought Jimbo Fisher would respond how he did. But now that Jimbo Fisher responded, we fight. We fight. And look at us here. Remember, Sal, who was it that uh, Jawan Howard got into the scuffle with yeah. this season that we talked a lot about? Mm-hmm. It was that same problem and that same premise. Re- producers remind me, if y'all recall, Greg Gard 
Jawan yes, Howard, Greg yes. Gard. That was a huge scuffle. Gard your girl. Greg Gard didn't realize how much he offended Jawan Howard. Mm. So then he wanted to go shake hands after him. Jawan Howard like, nah, I ain't with all that. Mm. Now Greg Gard is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. Greg Gard, Nick Saban, same person in this situation. They mm. have overly offended their opponent, and now they're trying to apologize. But Jimbo Fisher, he ain't with the apologies. Oh, Jesus. Oof. My reaction, Jimbo telling on himself. He is telling on himself. This is what it's Jimbo at. is or Jimbo Nikki? is. Oh. He's shook. And you know what? When you're scared of the messenger, you're always shook by the message. No matter what. Even if they're coming in peace, you're just scared of them. You're not even seeing it. The emotional cloud around you. Your fear of Nick Saban made you take this out of context. Let me give it to you like Nick Saban gave it to his boosters. Nick Saban was recruiting, not players, boosters. He needed a collective. This is what he said. We were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for NILs. We didn't buy one player. I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. What you mad at, Jimbo? He's just trying to keep up with what you're doing. And you so shook because you can't beat him on the field that you scared of everything he said. But truth be told, Jimbo Fisher caught a straight end. Okay. That's the problem. Let's Nick go. Saban wasn't trying to shoot at Jimbo. He was truly trying to shoot at the boosters. Mm-hmm. But Nick Saban was, yes. but Jimbo yes. was a bystander that got yes. shot at. Yes. But that means Jimbo got to shoot back. I don't right. care if you intended to hit me or not. Oh, really? You hit me. Mm. It's time for me to shoot back. Um, I tell my players all the time. I won't make an example of you, but I will use you to as an example. Damn, Jimbo, stop being so guilty. You're cheating. We know it. You didn't have to say all that about Nick. Now he's going he gonna to run up the score on his ass. That's it for <laughs> us. We'll see you tomorrow. What, 50 to nothing? 55?